welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode on Passing on the Mantle, Keeping the Foundations and Doctrines of the Church. I am Pastor Undina, and today is my guest, Pastor Alex Williams. And we are about to discuss something that is so good. You definitely don't want to miss this. We're about to talk about the Millennial Church. What are the beliefs in the Millennial Church with the culture and the pulse of where church is today? You are like one of the newest up-and-coming edgy pastors here in the New York area. So please help me understand what are the true beliefs of the Millennial Church concerning the relevance of church? First of all, I'm happy to be here. Pastor Undina, she she talked to me about the Millennial Church. I'm looking at the outfit. She she's already ready. So I'm I'm excited. We're about to do this. I'm 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 excited to yes, be here. Thank you for yes. having me. Um the Millennial Church. Okay, so um Hillsong, mm-hmm. Elevation, um, All Nations. Yes. Those are some of the prominent churches now that encompass the whole millennial culture. And I don't believe that it's necessary. Well, I'm gonna say this. I believe that the millennial church is less about what's dogmatic okay. and more about the core uh, beliefs in Jesus Christ, the expression of serving Jesus Christ, the principles of Jesus Christ, but just cutting out all the other fat, Okay, if I can yeah. say it that way. Yeah, yeah. So now those that are older, you know, grandparents age, right. etc., help them to understand what that actually means. What is the culture? What is culture and how are, does it, you know, do they even play a part in it? Right. So it's really all about relevance. Um, Jesus in his day was radical Mm -hmm. and it met the time that he was in. Now we talk about my grandparents, my father, my father is 77. Who are your grandparents and your parents? Okay. So my grandfather, um, I've been groomed and raised in this thing all my life. Um, Bishop Carl Williams Sr. is my grandfather, chief apostle of the Institutional Church of God in Christ. Also, my other grandfather, Bishop John Lucius Knight of the Heavenly Temple Church of God in Christ. I'm Kojic born. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can't join it. You got to be born, born in. in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but if you understand those cultures, traditional, um, very much, um, you know, I grew up in a place where we couldn't go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I still do. You know. <laughs> gra- gra- let me tell you, my grandmother did not own any pair of pants except pajamas. Yes. Like, she was old school skirts. Um, you're in this world, but not of the world. Un- their, their understanding of sanctification. And even my dad, he's 77, Bishop Carl Williams Jr., and he's still from that last generation. So, I'll give an example. When I, we spoke about doing communion, and I said, we're going to be wearing our Watch God Work t-shirts. Um, anybody from my church, I am, I am, yes. stand up. What's up, y'all? Um, we have t-shirts called Watch God Work. That's yes. our slogan. And so when I said to my dad, I said, you know, Pop, I want you to do communion. And he said, but I'm not going to have my robe on. I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, exactly. You're going to have your Watch God Work t-shirts on. He said, well, I, I can't do communion. I said, I said, don't worry, I'll be a heathen and I'll do it. He said, no, 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 I'll do it. I was just joking with him. But yeah, it, it is definitely something that is different. It is something that is, um, if you come from that generation and that time, the way we express our faith, our belief, it seems radical, but I won't call it radical. I call it relevant. So how important is it for, if you will, the older church because you still have some older pastors, you still have older saints that are still participating in church, and they are, if you will, the powers that be. Mm-hmm. How important is it for them to understand in order for your church to thrive and survive and for this next mantle of generation to come mm-hmm. to stay right, and make them even want to come to come church on. and make them even want to come? How is it that they have to understand that, you know, 
in Jesus' time, Jesus did what he did. The disciples did what they did. Now your grandfather did what he did. Your dad did what he did. Now you're doing something different. You are embracing the new. So for them, for you to be able to build on the old and keep the foundation, yet bring it in a new, different way so that your generation can understand, how important is that for the today's church to understand that? It is vital to the survival of the church. Like, literally, the standards of holiness are not different. Right. We still believe that... Um, Romans 12, mm -hmm. uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed yes. by the renewing of our mind. We still believe in holy living. Yes. We don't believe in shacking up, fornicating. Right. We don't believe in, you know, puff, puff here, drink, drink there. We still believe in the standard of holiness. However, it's important for them to realize that styles have changed. Yes. We're not wearing bell bottoms anymore. <laughs> right. We're not wearing, so, yeah, all right. <laughs> Lord, help those right. who are still wearing bell, bell bottoms. Help, help, help you, Lord. I like it. Uh, <laughs> but we have to understand that. that if you are not relevant, you'll be left behind. I'm saying because you got holes in your jeans, which I think is pretty cool. You know, I do. you got your boots on. Okay. You know, and so, you know, it's like you came ready to say, hey, this is my statement because this is who I am as Pastor Alex. Right. And this is where we are right now. And at the age, if you don't mind me saying 30, yes. you are actually making a complete and total impact in doing something that you now taking on to the next level right. than your grandparents and your grandparents mm -hmm. and, your, and your parents. So now with that, with the belief of it, because we have a lot of young people that either don't believe in God or don't feel that they need to come to church. Right. How are you building on that? Well, I think it's important to make people realize or to show them or display to people that without God, you are lost. Yes. Without his presence in your life, you are lost. And, um, of course, people in our generation have seen things, and I've seen things that have turned me off from church. I've seen corrupt leaders. I've seen mm -hmm. people stealing the money. And I'm a PK, and I grew up under... Yes. Both grandfathers, fathers. I've seen people who will prophesy to you and then try to chase all the skirts. Right, sleep with you in, in behind and, the and chase some of the pants. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to keep it PG, but let's be real. Tell the truth. Can I, can I, can this is passing okay. on the mantle, <laughs> keeping the foundation and doctrines of the church, and we will not act like we don't know yes. that people are committing adultery and fornication in the church. Right. Still. And still want to come and prophesy to you. Come on. But we, the prophecy is always about money, houses, and cars. Come on. Never, you need to come out of your sin. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It, because they can't preach on that because they probably live in it. But what I'm saying is, with with all of those things, with all those factors, we, what, it's funny because Pastor John Hannah, he's a mentor of mine, he put up a post and he said, why have you given up on God? Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating. After his post, after he did his live, I think 100 people came to God mm -hmm. and inboxed him and said, I'm back. He yeah. said, if you got saved. Just... And what I find is that people, we have allowed this generation, and we have to take some ownership as well. Yes. This generation has allowed people to keep us from God. Yes. But yep. when you can separate, and I still believe in the authentic move of the Holy Spirit. We have millennials who go to our church. We have Gen Z's who go to our church. Once they experience the genuine, authentic presence of God, then they'll be able to decipher, okay, I'm not here for people. Mm -hmm. You I'm know, here I'm here God. for God. And then in order to keep people, however, you do have to build a community of people yes. who are like-minded because if you're in a church and you experience the presence of God, then you experience some people in the church who are nasty, they're going to leave. Right. So you have to build that community. However, once they have an experience, I'm telling you, once you have an encounter, you know, yes. once you have an encounter yes. with Jesus, 
a genuine encounter with Jesus. I don't. I, I thank God for my mommy. Thank God for my daddy. Thank God for my grandparents. But it wasn't just being groomed in a church that helped me to be committed to this yes. thing. It was my personal encounter with Jesus. And once you meet and you touch Jesus, your life is changed. And then we can teach you those ways. And I find that millennials embrace, once they have a personal encounter with Jesus, it's like, okay, you need him. You've already acknowledged that you need him. Right. You know, and after that, we can kind of uh, steer you in the way of righteousness, not in the way of dogma. Right. right. So saying, okay, you're saved. I, I have, I, 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 there's a gentleman who goes to my church, filled with the Holy Spirit. He has an earring. And... I had to mention to our leadership staff, you're not here to, I'll say it like this, you're not here to be the fashion police. Mm -hmm. You're here okay. to care for the right. soul. Mm -hmm. And realizing that, this young man, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and if this Holy Spirit, because Holy Ghost is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If the Holy Ghost tell convict him, I'm sure he's going to take his earring out. If he don't, we're not trying, you're not going to heaven or hell for having an earring on. Come on, let's let's be real. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we don't water down the gospel. Right. You know, and I think that you have to be careful because in this day you offend easily. You offend easily, but you see some churches just going crazy. crazy. Yes. People cursing yes. in the pulpit. Yeah, yes. gonna get into that. Yes. But you have to is a, a balance where you have to say, okay, we can be relevant, but we don't have to compromise. Exactly. And you said something very one uh, you said a lot of things very important. The encounter that you have with yeah. God has to be authentic cuz I remember even I'll be 49 this December and I'm glad to say it. Hallelujah. I Come remember on. I would have said 32. No, Come honey, on. no, no. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Yeah. but um I remember <laughs> growing up and uh it was almost like we were forced to get saved. Yeah. And when you're forced to get saved, and I read and I said this in my book um that I wrote some years ago, uh if you don't have a true authentic encounter with God, right. you will never stay with God. True. And so you can force someone by bringing your children to church. But if you're living a double life at home, too, yeah. you're making me confused as to what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Thus, now the church where we see people living double lives in church. So that will keep me from wanting to become part of what you're saying I do. Right. One thing I do realize and I've always known, unsaved folk have an alliance of their own to being true to who they are. This, come on, you speak. We truth. are the only ones in the gospel that kill our own, and we're the only ones that are not authentic to our true selves. And we do mm. not do the things that we should do because we want to fluff over the things that we don't want to deal with. So now you're having your generation, my son's generation, who's 21, having them look at us and say, but if mommy or daddy is doing X, Y, and Z at home, and I have more loyalty to the streets, wow. why would I come to church? That's something. That's something that you said. I There was a post that I saw on Facebook this week, and somebody said, I'm sorry. Now, I don't totally disagree with this because my, uh, I'll explain. But the post said, I'm sorry, but the previous generation let us down. Yes. I don't, you know, I can understand how they would see that. Yes. I was, I came up in a place, I thank God for my parents. They lived that life. They lived the life that they preached about. They, they talked about. So I didn't have to experience that. But I understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And when you were talking about the standards of the world, I think that the church kind of feels like you have to do outrageous things to win the world. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, when I saw, I was watching somebody sent me a clip of somebody saying something outrageous in a pulpit, and I happened to be around one of my unsaved friends. 
And I happened to just be watching it, and he looked over my shoulder, and he said to me, he don't go to church, don't serve God, nothing. He said, oh, that's what they're doing in church now? See? Boom. See? He said, that's what they're doing in church now? And then even the, you know, we're we in New York, so the, the shade mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. they're like, I, I, I heard another pastor, or like my friends know I'm a pastor at work, so they'll send me clips of different things, and they saw a pastor being shady in the pulpit. He says, I, I don't think I would want to follow somebody who's petty. You know, that, that, and that's, that's the truth. Real. That's, that's the real. truth. That's it's real. the truth. Yeah, so you, we, we have to just be wise. Um, he, the Bible says that he that wins souls, souls is wise. Must, be. must be wise. And we can't just, we can be relevant. Um, we can be hip. I can dress the way I dress, but my life has to align with the word. Because Absolutely. they'll call you out. In a minute. In a Come minute. on. So now let's out. talk about this because you talked about fashions. Right. So now, the culture of fashions that we're dealing with mm -hmm. in the church, <laughs> outside of the church. Come on. Now, <laughs> I have my personal opinion. Talk to and, me. And Pastor Indina's always going to have her personal opinion. <laughs> but there are just some things that still need to be. Right. I want y'all to take these hats off. I want you to put some socks on. I want you to pull your pants down, put a belt on, loosen them up, because you're not a size 2 if you're 14. Stop right. trying to squeeze in the slim when you know you need a husky. Right. <laughs> Hello. Husky. Now, with the influence oh, of it all. Yeah. Husky. That's what it, and you know, the influence Yo. of it all, you're bringing it in the church. So oh. now you're expecting the church to have to bring our standard down to accommodate what you want to do. And knowing that the fashion industry in the world itself is run by the principalities that they're run in. Right. Now, how am, how am I, in the Bible suggesting modest apparel, right. you know? So now let's define what your modest apparel is for the millennial church. Right, and that's that's a beautiful point. I, um, I believe, and it's funny because I was going to ask, and I have this conversation with my parents all the time, what is the standard? Mm -hmm. I said, is the standard something that is man-made? Is it something that is traditional? Let me, I'll give you a point. I was speaking, I'm doing discipleship classes. I do them online. So people who join my church, uh, who Hathaway, partner with our yeah, ministry, right. we do them online. So we're, we're doing a Zoom, and I'm talking, speaking to everybody. And I noticed that when I started praying, one of our members, she comes from the Catholic Church. She's from, you know, serve mm -hmm. Catholicism, believes mm -hmm. in it. So every time we would pray, the first thing she would do is... Right. So, <laughs> so as so I begin to teach, and I said, you know, you don't really have to do that. So I'm just teaching, and I said that's kind of dogmatic. When I said that, I paused, and I begin to think about all the things that we do mm -hmm. that are dogmatic. And so, when I think about the attire, one of my friends, uh, she's in the music industry. She says, you know, one thing that turns me off about the church. She said. It's a whole bunch of theater. I said, what do you mean? She said, everybody comes in there with pope hats. And, and I'm not being yes. disrespectful to anybody, right. but this is her opinion. She said, everybody with the robes. She said, y'all look more like Pharisees than disciples. Wow. 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 Ding, ding, ding. She said, y'all wow. look like more like the Pharisees than the thin followers of Jesus. So then I began to ask myself, the standard, which we call the standard, are there big robes, pope hats? Moses sticks? Are they ripped jeans? Are they, you know, who sets the standard? Mm -hmm. um, who, who accepts it? Who are the gatekeepers? Who are the people that say that this is acceptable and this is not acceptable? Of course, in our church, if you're getting up to minister to preach, we don't want you to preach in something that's going to totally take uh, awake. So if right. you're an evangelist, we don't want you 
to dress in or a missionary no to dress sleeves. in something. You know, that's something that's going to entice. <laughs> mm -hmm. For me, I, if I have a shirt, I'm not going to button it all the way yes. down here. Yes. You know, I'm just kind of, you know, wise in that way. However, when people do come to the church, the first thing that we're not, that we're telling you, we're not telling you, oh, you have to change this, we have to change that. But see, in her, in what she's saying, this is what I get, because she would, in my opinion, would have said that out of ignorance and lack of understanding, right. because you don't understand the Episcopal order in which the priests wore their garments. Right. So now, we, my husband and I had this conversation with someone else about, well, there is no uniform for clergy. There is no actually Jesus didn't really wear a robe, so I don't think that is necessary. Mm -hmm. But now you're calling yourself apostle. Right. But you don't feel that the sacred garments are necessary right. for the church. And I have an issue with that because, you know, if you're first of all, if you're not a part of the church, then you're not gonna understand it in the first place. Right. If you don't study it, you're not gonna really get an understanding and a wisdom on why we even do it. Right. And so, but yet you would never say that to the Pope. Right. You'll say that about Pentecostalism. Right. But you will never say that about the Catholic Church, if you will, right. because you will never, you think it's more um, of the man and their standard that makes it more important for what they do. But then, you know, churches that do and practice those Episcopal things, you feel it's um, unnecessary and irrelevant right, because right. you now want to come apart, but you don't want to submit yourself to what we believe and what our standard is. So, with her statement there, I'm a little bit on a kind of fence with that as well. So, um, Can I challenge you something? Sure. I just want to break up a point. So I, clergy collar, I have, I have mm -hmm. my attire. So when I do funerals, I wear it. Of course. Uh, if I'm doing a wedding, if mm -hmm. I'm performing a second, something that's ceremonious, I wear it. Um, for me personally, I had to understand, or I'm understanding that people that we're trying to win, the loss, they don't... Understand. understand our culture right and the second part is that they're not interested in understanding our culture we have a lot of people who just want they want hope they need love they need something that they've never experienced and so it is our job and it is our commission to reach people and if we're going to reach people of all time of all kinds it's not raising our standard of living or holiness it's just making the gospel accessible to every demographic. the vision of our church is we're a holistic ministry impacting every demographic so if you're asian and you don't know the church of god in christ pentecost you, we want you to feel welcome if you come in i mean even in corporate america people don't dress up anymore it's just times have mm -hmm, changed mm -hmm. so the way we pre present the gospel is in a way that's relevant that's relative that is um are relevant, authentic, and something that's going to be contagious. Nothing that's compromising, but something that's going to say, you're welcome here. Absolutely. So you know what? I want you to stay here because we got, I got something else that we need to talk, talk. about. So we're going to be staying here. So I thank you. Tune in for Passing on the Mantle with Pastor Andina. We will be right back. Thank you and welcome back. We're here again with Pastor Alex Williams, uh, passing on the mantle with Pastor Andina, keeping the foundation and doctrines of the church. And so, as you know, you were talking about, um, I wanted to go back to the young lady that you were talking about that does the, does the sign of the cross when she prays and when you were teaching your discipleship class. Right. I have a question. What if you have experienced with this new resurgence of Buddhism, and um, new age movement that most millennials are beginning to practice. And I see where it is filtering into our local assemblies. Mm. You know, now we're calling it Christian yoga and everything we want to put Christian on right. when it absolutely is anti-God altogether. Right. How are you 
therefore, as you're as a pastor now in a millennial church, teaching if you are these young people, and especially if they're coming to you know become new born again believers. Right. I mean, you're right. You see everybody. Instead of us talking about the cross, Jesus Christ, God the Father, everybody's the universe. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like the, the, the common theme. But Mother I Earth. think that it's really important to solidify what is principle, what is the doctrine of not just our religion, but the doctrine of the Word of God. And I think that once you uh, really explain and really help you to understand that it is not the universe that saves you. But it's Jesus that died on the cross Absolutely. for your sins. You know, it, 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 we have to. We can't be afraid. Right. We can't shy away from what the truth is for the sake of acceptance. Yes. Because there, no matter how many ripped jeans I have, <laughs> no matter the dress code, there's some people who just won't come to Jesus. I mean, it just it, yes, it is because the is. Bible won't be what it is. Exactly. Everybody goes to heaven and stays and what have you. Exactly. So you can't be afraid to tell the truth about who Jesus is and that there is one way. The one Jesus way. says, "I am the door." Yes. He says, "I am the son." Any man who comes to the Father has to come, come through me. me. So you have to be able to. Uh, be unapologetic about the gospel, be relevant, but be unapologetic. Right, and do you find that now most churches, pastors, are being very um, unapologetic? You know, no, they're really watering down the gospel for the sake of notoriety, <laughs> for the sake of, you know, just likes. wanting to, you know, likes. And, yeah, <laughs> everybody, everybody want to be a Facebook pastor, you know. Right. Um, everybody want to be a Facebook prophet. And because you want to be accepted so bad, you know, I, for, to me, when I see that, most times are people that left their churches wrong anyway, and it wasn't your time mm. and season for yep. you to leave where you were planted or said you were planted right. to go out and do your own thing. So now that you are creating this imagery and unsaved, unborn again, unregenerated people are wild watching right. the believers. Right. So now they're trying to compare. If I'm living morally right, and I'm watching you who's supposed to be living morally right, but you're living morally corrupt, why do I need to be at your church? Exactly. I think the biggest thing is, and I can speak as a millennial, the one thing that the millennials have to embrace is accountability. Yes. Who are you accountable to? I'm 30 years old. I have the Holy Spirit. I love God. I know I've been called, chosen, uh, for this position that I have. However, I'm accountable to somebody. Yes. I have somebody, there's a reason why a ship has an anchor. Mm -hmm. So you don't go too, you yes, know, you don't. Exactly. I have a spiritual father. I have an apostle who I submit myself, my gifts, even when I have ideas. And he'll be able to tell me, you know, it helped me to guide me mm -hmm. in that way. And I think that millennials, as much as we are free thinkers, we have more information than the previous generation. If we want to know anything, we can go right to our phones Google. and Google everything. <laughs> However, that does not discount wisdom yes knowledge intellect is great but we still need wisdom and so do you feel that they are now more intellectualizing God than they are actually believing in God who he is as spirit the, exactly Jesus already said those who come to the kingdom have to be as children sometimes you can't intellectualize everything there has to be an encounter that you have, like we spoke before, has to be an encounter that you have with Jesus and I believe that if you are that millennial uh, believer and this is what I'll say. After someone gets saved, they come into the church. If they see that what you are about is about the kingdom work, yes. helping, uh, feeding, clothing, doing things, and you're not the, the person who's pocketing the money. And do, if they see, and I'm telling you, if, if you see the millennials and they see that you are about the kingdom of God and about God's business, then they'll follow. 
but they're not gonna follow a whole bunch of folly. Not Absolutely. this generation. Not this generation. <laughs> Absolutely. Pastor Alex, we want to say thank you so much for your wisdom. You have shared a great wealth of information concerning the millennial church. And I pray that those of you that are watching that really heard and had any questions, any doubts about really what the millennial church is and why church is so important because of Jesus and what he came to do for you. I admonish you once again, reach out to us for prayer. You can reach us out online. Pastor Alex, what is your tags on, on social media? Oh, so my tag is I am underscore Alex Williams. Um, you can follow our church pages, Facebook Institutional International Ministries. Um, Instagram is Institutional 170. I just want to shout out our church who's watching 170. live. 170 Adelphi Street. Everybody know our slogan in our church is Watch God Work. work. Yes, yeah, so we say that to everybody, Watch God Work. So I want you, as you're watching, Pastor Andina and passing on the mantle, keeping the foundation and doctrines of the church, Watch God Work. Watch God Work. See you next time. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs>